Hello and welcome to week 11, episode 21 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I'm Craig. And I am Britt. And here we are, another week. Britt, it's week 11 already. Oh, jeez. Is this thing isn't over yet? No, it is not over. Um, so as we start off every week, um, Britt, what are you drinking? Well, Craig, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's that time of year. It's getting cold here in New England. It Snowflakes is. may fall at any given moment. And holiday spirit is in the air, and holiday ale is in my stomach, and well, in my hand. Whoa! <laughs> and and will eventually be in my stomach. So I'm drinking two roads holiday ale, um, just like you guys had to put up with Rosemary's Baby for two months. You probably have to put up with this till New Year. So yeah, I am also got? drinking. I am also. Well, you also brought me a holiday. Oh ale, yeah, which you is also very got, nice of you, but you got a double fister over there though. Uh, before you got here, I was enjoying a beer by Six Point Brewery. It's a. It's called Jammer. Uh, it's in a 12-ounce can. Uh, it's only 4% alcohol. It's a... Uh, 4%? Yeah. You can drink a lot of these. Uh, it's brewed with sea salt and coriander. So oh. It's a goes beer, so you wouldn't be a fan of it. I don't like sours, and I don't like I don't, goes. I don't like I don't the saltiness. Just, just me. Um, I know a lot of people do. It's just I really don't. I, I, you know one of the things I dislike about the six-point beers, too, is their names don't link up ever who what they are i you know if you it's, said, oh, it's just like a random name it's yeah most of the time you know mm-hmm. if you said he said to me this beer is called jammer i would have no concept of what kind of beer it was at least when you hold me hand me a holiday ale i have a feeling right, this must be a wintry kind of christmasy kind of thing right you know <clears throat> yeah actually soon with from two rows you know it's going to be out what's that the cranberry the cranberry goes isn't that out already the sour one i haven't had it yet oh uh bog something bog yeah. Bog Wild? Because I brought it to Thanksgiving dinner last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is correct. Oh, I know that's a favorite of yours. It is. That's a favorite of yours. Oh, excellent. Well, hey, it's. I think that was really one of the first sours they did, too. I think so, yeah. Um, and now they're building an entire facility just to age things in barrels and make sours. I'm all so. for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot going on in week 11. Um Let's just jump. Let's just jump right in. Let's let's do some burning hot take questions. All right, go for it. You lead out this week. Okay, football related. Yeah, the news has come in that Zeke is finally suspended. Yeah, he's gonna miss games up until within Christmas Eve. Correct. Should he have just taken it, the suspension beginning of the year, and got it over with? Does he has he completely ruined the Cowboys' chances now that it's this late in the season and now he's gone? I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to really look back at the schedule and see the games he's got he made versus the games he's missed. And I haven't done that yet to see really do, do, do they pound the Chiefs without Ezekiel Elliott? I, I don't know. So they needed him for that game, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I if he all right. So he started in weeks 10. So he's going to serve six. And we, we did get news today that he has decided to drop his appeal. Yep. He'd be back in week 16. So that gives him the last two games of the regular season and then the playoffs. So if they're playoffs. maybe, maybe not, maybe putting this right in the middle of like smack dab in the middle of the season isn't a bad thing because it might have put them in a position where they can afford to be without him for a couple of weeks. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, f- I feel like it should have just happened and gotten over with. Yeah. I mean, there's some sense to that <clears throat> too. In the beginning of the season. I'll say this. Week 16 
is for many fantasy leagues, the fantasy Super Bowl. This is true. So he will be back in our league. The guy who has him, I believe, is seven and three overall and is the best record in the league. It's Mario's team. It is. Yeah. Um, He's in first. I'm in second. Yes. Okay. So can if Mario can hang on for five more games and still make the playoffs and he can make it to the Super Bowl without Zeke, he'll have Zeke back for the Super Bowl. Arrested Zeke at that. This is true. So, I mean, there's there's that aspect of it, too. Now, it was interesting when they announced when they, they finalized this all last week, when he was finally going to miss, miss week 10 is week week, the first week of the suspension. They talked about it on um, Guru in the Morning on Sirius XM and the fantasy guru, John Hansen and Adam Kaplan from ESPN were talking about it on the air. And the way the weeks fell, weeks 10, 11, 12 and 13 they're playing on Thanksgiving Day, and then they play again, I think it's the Thursday, no, yes, they're playing on Thanksgiving Day, and the way the hearing would fall, the hearing was going to fall like the Monday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So no matter how you sliced it, or was it the Monday after that, I can't remember how they explained it, because again, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but... It was going to be four games, at least three games, maybe four in a three-week span. So I got to remember, I, I'm, I apologize. I know I'm babbling right now. The end result was... We'll blame the cold medicine. Yeah. He was going to miss... You know what it was? He was going to miss three games in a two-week span because mm-hmm. they played early for Thanksgiving and the way their schedule fell. So there was no way... That he was going to have his hearing, even though his hearing was only two weeks away, there was going to be three games that occurred in that two-week span because one game was pushed up from a Sunday to a Thursday because of the holiday. So by the time his hearing happens, he was going to be out for three games already. No way around that because of the way the Cowboys schedule falls. So at one point, it just finally just makes sense to just say, okay, deal with it. Because he goes and he has the hearing, it's going to take them another week to rule on the hearing because no judge is going to sit there and rule immediately. That's They only hand out injunctions that way. So he's going to miss a minimum of four games. At that point, what happens if he comes back and says, well, screw it, you're still out. You might as well just serve the suspension and be done with it. Right. So, you know. Just get it over with. Exactly. And this way, this is the only way they can control it. So what happens if he goes and he misses three or four games they hear the injunction. He he. Uh, they put an injunction on the suspension. He plays, say, weeks 14 and 15 or something like that. But he's still got two games left in the suspension. Then they come back after week 15 and say, oh, your suspension's lit, uh, valid. You still owe three weeks. He's out for 16, 17. And then the and league the playoffs, is inside maybe. if it's a playoff game or if they decide to carry it over to week one. It's too risky. If the Cowboys make the playoffs, they need him there for the playoffs. So this is the, what makes sense from a team standpoint. But that's just me. That's how I would have handled it. But I don't know I, if I, I probably would have just dealt with this from the get go. You know? Yeah, it's gotten it out of the way. And, and you know what? Done with just, it because it turns into a distraction if you keep doing it. It's a bit. It's been a major distraction. And here and here's just one more thing on this. You sit there and you say it's about my image and justice and what's right. There is video of you on a float tugging on a woman's shirt and her slapping your hand away. And then you tug on the shirt again. How do you defend that and say, well, that's not who I am? You j- it's there. It's not like I, it's not like somebody photoshopped your head onto some guy's <laughs> head. You're on the float. You were messing around. 
You got told no, and you reached over. This is when he was in college, right? I I don't remember or, when the honestly, I yeah, I lost track. It was it was in the, it was right in the middle of all these these interactions that we're having on domestic violence. But it, you can't sit there and say no. I'm not I'm not a person who engages in disrespecting women and things like that. When that video exists, it's out there. Yep. Oh, he's he's a dope. You know what? My wife, who can't stand football in general said about the two of them, mm-hmm. th- this this woman who has accused him of domestic violence and he are just two very stupid people. She's stupid because she she was a victim of a domestic violence and then six months later put herself back into the same room with him and put herself in a position of danger with a dangerous person again. That's why she's like, okay, that was stupid on her part. He's an idiot because he put himself in the same room with the woman who accused him of domestic violence again. When you have right. it, whether it's something, whether something illegal happened between two of them or not, you don't go hang out with that person again six months later and think, oh, everything is going to be fine and dandy between me and this person again. They're just very immature, stupid people for the way that they handle themselves and their business. And I don't want I, I say I say that with a grain of salt, because, again, as a guy, you know, you don't want to come across as insensitive. I'm not saying the victim doesn't have rights. I'm not saying she wasn't. Um, in a bad in a bad situation and, and she deserved anything nothing none of that don't take that i'm just saying if i go somewhere and a guy beats my ass and six months later i walk into the same bar and i see the same guy sitting at the bar i turn around and go to a different bar i don't go back and put myself in a situation where i will be a victim of a crime again and it looks like the two of them both did that here so that's where i, I don't want to upset any of our listeners i'm not saying that i'm not making any statements for or against anybody in this i'm just saying if something bad happens you don't go back and invite it again and that's what it feels like the two of them did by kind of rekindling their relationship so i'll get off my soapbox all right sure and craig's like oh god we just lost all (laughs) six of our listeners no we probably still have deb hi deb hi deb yeah we have to we have to say hi to deb deb uh deb took my wife out and taught her how to knit this week that was nice. Yeah, that was very nice. Took both our wives out on that one. So yeah, well, I think it was. I think Laura found it, and then they all. Oh went. well, then it wasn't a lot of convincing to get Deb to go. That's for sure. She loves to knit. So, um, okay. Question the second. This one's football related as well. Okay. Today, the Buffalo Bills announced the benching of Tyrod Taylor. Instead, okay. they are going to start, and I have to grab my notes. Hey, you brought him this week. I did. Nathan Peterman. Okay. Who I'm presuming is related to Jay Peterman of Seinfeld. We can assume that. I'm going to assume. Sure. I'm going to okay. assume he looks like Jay Peterman, and when he barks out the single s- signals at the line, he will sound like the actor <laughs> whose name I can't remember. Um, guy also, I think he hosted Family Feud for a while or something. Um, oh God, I can't maybe. It. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but the guy who played Jay Peterman, um, his nephew, I guess, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman is going to start at quarterback for the for the the Bills. All right. So my question to you is. Why? Why did they bench him? Yes, that's what I'm asking you. Why would you do this? I don't know. Unless he like missed a meeting or broke some team rule. They, uh, the, by reports, this is not disciplinary in nature. This is a change of quarterback. Really? I mean, yeah. Why? I mean, the Bills haven't. They haven't been awful. They got embarrassed by New Orleans this week. Yeah, but it's it's New Orleans, and. You know, as one guy put on Twitter, Tyrod Taylor did not give up 47 points on defense. Right. To the New Orleans Saints. So it's, yeah. This feels like a knee-jerk reaction. 
It is. Well, I, you should bench your starting linebacker, or the captain of your defense, yes. if you want to make a statement. Yeah. So, Jeff everyone Mann. thinks that New Orleans defense isn't that good, but they're they're they've gotten better as the season has gone on. Oh yeah, most defenses do. Yeah, most defensive teams. I mean, look at the Patriots. They were terrible against the Chiefs in Week One. They're a decent defense, in my opinion. Now, you know, they yeah. come together. Uh, Jeff Manns of Guru Elite said this this smacks of the Bills having a master plan to get rid of Tyrod Taylor. He's only been there for what two years, something like that. But again, coaching coaches have changed over since then. They didn't the coaches staff there True. didn't draft this guy. So in his theory, okay, so here comes conspiracy theory time. Okay, his theory was the coaches came in and said, All right, we'll put the best team we have available on the field, but we're not really going to make big moves to win now we'll trade away folks we're gonna trade sammy watkins which they did we traded they traded away somebody on defense I, i've drawn a blank on who it was before the beginning of the season and we'll start off the season like one in five and say we need to make a quarterback change well they're not one in five i think they're five and four the second place in the afc east they did not expect to win five games all year and they've won five games in the first half of the season so now they really still want to stick to their plan and kind of start shuffling Tyrod out the door. So they're going to use the New Orleans blood as an excuse. Yeah. Weak, right? I mean, maybe, but. But it doesn't make sense in any other format for me. I can't figure it out. It does not make sense. No, it, it doesn't. So. All right, that's, well, good. At that's got to be it then. No, so no one knows. That makes no sense. So Nathan Peterman, by the way, is going to be the starting quarterback for okay. your Buffalo Bills. That means Tyrod Taylor is going to. Be a Jet next year or a Patriot. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, you know what? I would love him as backing up Tom Brady. I would love that. You know, know, Tom's not around. Tom's only got two or three more years. Tyrod's still young. You bring Tyrod in as the backup, the injury backup. You draft a guy out of college this year or next year. Give him a couple years under Tyrod and Tom to kind of figure things out. As long as Brady stays healthy. This could be like a Steve Young coming into San Francisco kind of thing where he's got good tutelage ahead of him and a legend Possible. ahead of him, and it could be a nice changeover. Could be. All right, question the third is yours. Okay, this is non-football related. Oh, great. We need to have those once in a while. We do. You're a Met fan. Mm. You enjoy the baseballs. Well, sometimes. How do you feel about Carlos Beltran being a manager of a New York team that's not the Mets? Possibly. Oh, Beltran wants to manage the Yankees? His name is in the is in the rumor cloud. Carlos Beltran will be until... Who was the, a Yankee when he, for two years. Yes, and I met at one point. Yep. Carlos Beltran will forever be the guy for me who stood at home plate and watched three strikes go right by him because he could not wait for the World Series to be over. That's how I'll always remember him as a Met. That and not playing because which he was World injured. Series is that? Uh, they play the Yankees. Is it that? Yes. Yeah, he was the last. He was the last batter in the Yankee series, and just didn't even give. Wait, a was that the game that went till three in the morning? No, no. It was, oh, okay. It was because <laughs> I wanted five? that. I wanted that game to end. Game five or game six? I, I think, think we, we went five games that year. I think we lost that series four to one. Uh, and yeah, he was at the bat and he just kind of watched pitches go by and took a solid fastball right down the middle for strike three. That was like not a cutter. It wasn't anything moving. He just watched it. You could have put it in slow motion. I could have driven to Queens, told him you need to swing at this pitch <laughs> and he still would have not have moved his bat. That's what Carlos Beltran will always be to me. 
if he wants to go manage the Yankees and the Yankees are stupid enough to sign him when you have guys who are lining up. I mean, David Cohn has expressed interest in this job. I would do David Cohn in a heartbeat before I would bring on Carlos. Yeah, Beltran. yeah, me too. You know, and there's other good managers out there that, you know, there was a, a couple years back, there was a kind of a purge of the old school managers. Ozzie Guillen is still sitting out there with nothing to do. And yes, he's he really fiery. But if you drive a dump truck full of money up to his house and say you need to lose the kind of attitude in the game, he might be willing to do it. I've met Ozzie Guillen. He's come to the Bridgeport Bluefish when I went and worked there. His son, Osney, played for us. He is the nicest guy on earth. It's the competitive spirit that makes Ozzy really like fire crazy up. And- yes. Oh, it's the competitive juices. He is absolutely a competitor. In a seven to one game, he wants you to come back and win and, and score seven runs in the ninth inning. That's him. That that's the kind of person the Yankees need. We need to we need to stop with this kind of like, oh well, you know. Joe Girardi was just kind of the calming force and steering the shit. No, you couldn't relate to players. That was a big thing they had. Well, and Carlos Beltran can. What is he going to do? Sit there and count his Mets cash (laughs) while he sits there and does. I mean, that's an A-Rod. A-Rod's, you know, supposedly they want to talk to A-Rod. Why? What is A-Rod going to bring to the table? I'm sorry. I think you need to have somebody who's got coaching slash managerial experience in that role. You need somebody the fans are going to are going to want to relate to, which, by the way, you had with Girardi. The fans love Girardi. Yeah, well, yeah, Don Mattingly is sitting in Miami, so Mattingly is not leaving Miami to come up here. Well, maybe he is. I maybe don't know. I mean, if the dump truck's big enough, Miami's pretty crappy. But you know, I mean, there's better managers out there than me to take a risk on Carlos Beltran. You know what? Sign Beltran as one of your coaches. Sign him as your hitting coach, and tell him to teach them not to not to look at strike three. <laughs> so, what do you think about the Yankee situation? You're a Yankee fan, so you're close to this. What do you feel? Uh, I don't feel Beltran has the experience to be a manager same thing you can't i don't feel you can't you can't just go from being a player to a a team manager only one guy in our lifetime has done that and his name was pete rose did he yes he was a player manager i did not know that he was realized he was I, i i can't remember what year but i'll look back at my tops baseball cards and there was a year where he is listed as a player manager where he was active on the roster and the manager of the team at the same time He only appeared in like 25 games that year. I don't think he I don't think he started like three games at like first base. So then who managed while he was playing him? Oh, he called the game from first base. (laughs) Like on the defense, he would turn around and position the outfielders. And when he was, you know, when people were at bat, he was giving signals from, you know, from the dugout. So it was him. But I don't know. Nowadays, it's a brain trust anyway. No one guy can. No, do being it all. a base. I mean, not take anything away from it, but being a baseball manager, it's like you're taking a multiple to- choice test because you have the yeah. bench coach, the pitching coach, the hitting coach, players all giving you info, and you're like, well, A, B, or C. Eh, C. Yeah. It's a brain trust. <laughs> Davey Johnson used to say that about the '80s Mets. That's what he called his coaching staff was the brain trust. He didn't make a lot of pitching decisions. He called Mel Stottlemyre. Mel, what do we do here? That was his thing. And, oh, well, we could do this, this, or this. And he made it, like you said, made a final decision. So, all right, so that's burning hot take questions for go. week 11. Little baseball, little football. It's cold outside, so winter league is heating up. The hot stove, as they say. <laughs> so, all right, so on to our main thing tonight before we get to DFS. Last week was horrible. Well, last week was horrible, but we'll get to that in a minute. We have... 
major issues in football, which you can't hear, but Craig just rolled his eyes while he was drinking his beer there because <laughs> shocking Brent says we have issues. Okay, we already talked about Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. We need to talk more about Ezekiel Elliott because running back has gone straight to crap in week 10. If it yeah. wasn't already, it is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Devontae Freeman is probably out for week 11. Um, the, the concussion? Yes. Okay. Supposedly, he's progressing through the protocol, and CBS Sports says there's a chance he will play. But not the Russell Wilson way. I have no idea. What is the Russell Wilson way? You didn't see that? Oh, where he just kind of peeks into the tent and says, wow, that's a hell of a tent and goes back in the game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I didn't see that play. I'm going to say this about my season long this week. So I'm sitting at the end of the 1 o'clock game, and I'm up by like 22 points. And I'm looking. I've got Devontae Freeman in the afternoon game. I've got two or three guys left to go. And he's got one or two people left to go. And CBS says, you're going to 84% chance of winning your game. And I'm like, yes, I am all set. Then I look and Devontae Freeman isn't carrying the ball. Tevin Coleman's getting all the carries and not that many at to boot. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? So then I start to see the reports. Devontae Freeman is in the locker room. And Devontae Freeman is officially in the concussion protocol with zero points. And I'm like, son of a... Because <laughs> now, now, I'm, now I'm screwed. Now I'm screwed. So I put my phone down. I'm like, all right, I'm up 22 points. But if you take out Devontae Freeman's anticipated points, it's going to be like a 10-point difference. It's mm. you no know, 10-point difference in, in the final scores. It's going to be very close. So if one of his guys goes off, I'm in trouble. Put my phone down. I'm all depressed. By the way, I'm sick. I'm on heavy cold medicine at this point. So I'm, I think I'm a butterfly or a bluebird or something. I'm humming around the, ba- the, the basement at this point. And... Um, I kind of just close my eyes and go to sleep and I wake up like three hours later and I pick up my phone and I'm winning by 55 points. And I'm How'd like, you do that? how the hell did I do that? And I look down and Robert Woods is plus 35 and I'm like, holy crap. And Robert Woods is only in because Alshon Jeffrey was on by, I mean, Robert Woods is a nice play in the right situation, but I would not have played him if Alshon Jeffrey had played this week. So Robert Woods saved my season this week. And saved my game and bailed out Devontae Freeman, just to say. So, sorry, Keith. I beat you pretty bad this week, so I feel bad. But And I beat Sean. And you beat Sean, which helped me because my entire division was tied at 5-4. and four, And now there's a little bit of separation. Three teams lost in my division, and I was one of the two that won. So, um, anyway. Okay, so Coleman is going to be starting over Devontae Freeman now. Marshall and Lynch is supposedly getting a bigger role. I've heard a lot of prognosticators say this is the week for Marshall and Lynch against the Patriots. Don't ask me why. Kenyon Drake apparently, apparently might be, could be, possibly be the number one guy in Miami now that Jay Ajayi is in Philly. Jay Ajayi is now in Philly. Is he leading this committee? Is it even a committee anymore with him there? Chris Thompson is the is the starter now that Rob Kelly is on the IR. Yes, that is he happened. officially. Rob Kelly went on the IR yesterday. Yeah, on Tuesday, Rob Kelly was put on the IR, so he is done for the year essentially. And with the Elliott suspension, who's in charge in Dallas? You've been carrying. I don't even know who their backup is. Well, that's the thing. They have three of them. They have they've been carrying Darren McFadden as active all year, and that's why he last still plays? week. Yes. Everyone was like, Darren McFadden must be the guy they're going to rely on because they've been carrying him on the roster. Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden. Alfred Morris got the start. Yeah, he's another guy who's still playing. But who got the bulk of the carries? Rod Smith. 
So you got three guys in Dallas. That so, may or may not get the ball. So really quick, let's just go over all of these. There's, there's craziness. <laughs> there is madness in the running back ranks going into week 11. Tevin Coleman taking over for uh, Devontae Freeman. Do we trust Tevin Coleman in fantasy? In that situation, yes. We do. Would. We think that they'll use him the same way they use Freeman? Not as much, but more consistently than um, whatever, um, what do you call it? Whatever, you know, like teams like Miami are going to do. That's the Monday night game, by the way. Atlanta at Seattle. Seattle's a three-point favorite at home. Would you use Tevin Coleman at Seattle? Was he my only choice? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, is that... Does that so let's put it that way. Is it a neutral matchup for you? Is it a down matchup or is it a plus matchup? Like we're gonna, um, take, we're gonna take salaries out of the. I'll give you his, his DraftKings salary in a second. But you tell visiting me visiting Seattle, I would say down. Down, okay. If they were a home, then neutral. Okay, so it, at Seattle matters. That not, I think that's fair. Now I'm gonna tell you he's fifty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings. Mid range. Eh. Would you eh. use him? No. Unless I had to. I've Save got money. I've got prognosticators that have him as a top ten running back this week. Seriously, top ten. Hey. I think it's gonna be difficult for that to happen, but so I think Coleman can be used. I just wouldn't use him in all formats. It's not an automatic. It's not an automatic bench, it's not an automatic start. Right. Marshawn Lynch. A lot of folks are big on him this week. His salary is down on the DFS sites. He's forty three hundred dollars on DraftKings. I've got him slated for 13 points, which puts him just shy of the 3X line. Marshall and Lynch in at home hosting New England. East Coast team flying west. Would you use Marshall and Lynch? Maybe in a flex. Maybe as a flex. Okay. So because he's, you know, 4,300 isn't exactly a ton of money. No. And he's high in the metric. Very high in the metric. So the only thing is if, if um, <clears throat> New England gets ahead by a lot, just, you know, then Oakland's going to have to throw. And so. they're not going to hesitate with Derek Carr back. That's, that's you know, so, okay, I'm not a big fan of Marshall and Lynch this week. I just, I just, I cannot figure Oakland out. I drafted Derek Carr. Derek Carr was going to be my, my franchise quarterback this year. And then I picked up Tyrod Taylor. Yep. And then fortunately, I traded last week for Dak Prescott because if not, I would literally have who, who who did I trade it? Oh, I traded um, I traded Derek Carr. I would have to start Derek Carr against New England in order to to have somebody starting that. that I don't want to do that. So at least you didn't have you didn't have a Simon's lineup where you drafted all the Packers and then they all broke. Yes, that's who actually I traded Carr to. I traded them Derek Carr. I tra- I, I got um Dak Prescott from him. Prescott was his backup, and then when Rodgers went down, Prescott became a starter, and it worked out for a while. I, Prescott's value has got to be down now because Zeke is out too. But I don't know. He was out. Was he out last week? Zeke yeah. Out, uh, his salary, Prescott's salary was like seventy-eight. Yeah, because the salaries were set before we knew that Zeke was out. This is true. That's a big plus. So. This is true. What's he at this week? Hold on a second. All right. Let's see. What is Prescott going to cost us this week? Prescott's down to sixty-nine hundred. So that's down 900 bucks. That's kind of a, a drop, you know? So, okay. So Marshall Lynch, I'm not touching. Kenyon Drake, he had an 
iffy day in Miami. Well, his numbers look really good. Yeah, he broke off a 66-yard touchdown run in garbage time. And he that's did. garbage time is only good for fantasy, which is a whole other thing. When I get to DFS, I got a garbage time rant about DFS too. But yeah, do you trust Kenyon Drake in Miami? Yes. At home against Tampa. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So, so that, that's I know. I was trying to see how much best um, analysis in the business, right there, kids. Do you trust him? <laughs> yes. Ball no, hit. I was trying to see how much. Okay, Cost. Dak Prescott on FanDuel is yeah. eighty five hundred. What was he last week? Does it give you history? Can you tap him and like pull up his history of uh and see what he was last week? Um, no, I have a game log. I'm sure, yeah. Go to game log. It might be under there. Um. No, game log is actually all stats. Okay. So we have to, we'd have to look that up. I honestly don't know off the top of my head either. So you trust Kenyon Drake then in Miami? I don't trust anyone in Miami at all. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust the mascot. So, at all? No. So we'll move on from Kenyon Drake. All right. Chris Thompson, Washington, is at New Orleans. Which, yeah, but isn't, um, don't they have two other running backs? Well, they have uh, the guy whose name I always botch, Samaj Perrine. Yeah. They've got him, but is Thompson... And then Rob gonna... Kelly's on IR. Right. Rob Kelly is out. That's that's why this conversation's even happening. Samaj Perrine is loved in the metric this week because he's only 3,800, and he's going to see an increase in load. You know, I mean, you got to figure he's good for at least 10 points, maybe close to 12, which puts him over a 3X line if he gets to 12 points. So, you know... So there's the question. So Rob Kelly out. Do you trust Chris Thompson or do you trust Samaj Perrine? I would not. So far, I would not put any of these people in this any running back role. I would use them as a flex to save money. Okay. So none of these folks, you're sitting there going, ooh, that's a matchup I want now. No. Okay. Fair enough. Which brings us to the last one, which is the Elliott situation. McFadden, Morris, Rod Smith. I, I, same Same thing. Yeah, I can't see. If I was, any of these guys. I usually do flex last. Yeah, because you want to see what you can flex fit. or tight end last. Yeah, so these people would be flex at best. All right, so there me. it is from Craig. All these folks that are coming in and taking over roles at running back, they are flex at best. The end of that story. That's a good Thank title you. for the podcast this week. <laughs> flex at best <laughs> is the episode twenty-one of the Football Fignuts podcast. Flex at best. Which is good. Let me apologize. Let me take a moment just to apologize to everybody last week. I was on cold medicine. Obviously, AJ Green was not suspended, but I spent the entire podcast saying he was. <laughs> and Thursdays, I like I said, I proofed the podcast before we release it. I was literally sitting at my desk doing work with my headphones on and going, wait, what did I just say? And like banging my head against the desk. So uh, I apologize for anyone who got confused. AJ Green was not suspended last week. Um, might as well have been. Your Bengals are a mess. Craig. Yeah. They're bad. They need to make a change. They need to make they a coaching do. change. He's lost the locker room. They do. He's lost the locker room. They need, and I still think they just need to bench Dalton for a game or two. Well, not this week because I have him actually <laughs> high in the, uh, the rankings over here. So, all right, so let's move on to week 11. Let's move on to week 11 week 10. All right. So my week 10 rant really quick. Okay. I was cashing at about, two times my bet value. I was in great shape until 
until I was in like pools with like 24 people where the top 10 cash and I'm sitting in a nine or 10 spot and the four o'clock game has literally a minute left. And I'm like, all right, I've got a four or five point cushion. It's not tremendous. It's not the best week I've ever had, but I'm going to cash this week. I am going to double my money. And then the New York Giants stepped onto the field and Eli Manning decided if I'm going to lose. I'm going to make sure I pad my stats and threw four straight completions to Sterling Shepard. Yes. The two guys directly behind me both had Sterling Shepard and one had Manning and Shepard. And I got passed and went from ninth to 11th in under a minute of play. (laughs) And I, the four letter words, and I went from a winning week where I was doubling my money to losing the majority of my cash. I only cashed in one pool. Me too. I was ripped, ripped angry. I was so mad this week. I sent you those lineups. I thought this is the entire season. Last week was the first time I felt the lineup I came up with would cash in everything I put it in. Yeah, I felt confident last week, and I liked your lineup. The lineup you sent me, I looked at it and went, ooh, I put it into a pool, and ironically enough, that was the lineup that cashed in one pool. Wow, really? Yes. I put in a dollar double up, it returned two bucks, and that was the only money I won all weekend. Because all week I heard how awful Cleveland's defense was, so yeah, I was like, hey, let me put in some Lions. Here's what you need to understand about Cleveland's defense. They can stop the run. And they can, they have a, I, I'm just going to not even try the guy's name because it's going to blank on me. They have one corner who is just shut down. So the number one receivers against Cleveland are going to do crap. Whoever that guy is on is going to get shut down. Everyone else is, so don't start the running back and don't start the number one wide receiver. So start the second. Right. Now, in the case of Detroit versus Cleveland, that usually, usually that would mean you got to start the second and the tight end. Well, the tight end's Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron has completely underwhelmed the season, has been yes. terrible. And I was big on him in the preseason. A lot of people were. So he's out. So the question becomes, who are they keying in on? Marvin Jones or Golden Tate? I presume they were going to key in on Golden Tate. So I started Marvin Jones. Nope. 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 Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you got it. Wrong. Yep. I thought um, Golden Tate had decent numbers and Marvin Jones was like plus three. You know, that's Marvin Jones' son, right? You realize that? What, your coach Marvin Jones? Well, then they both need to be fired. (laughs) No, it's not his fault. But I mean, that was it. So Stafford has a decent day and Abdullah actually was able to get stuff done against them. I actually benched. Yeah, anti-running back defense. Right. I had Amir Abdullah in the lineup, and I took him out late because I was like, oh, that's right. Cleveland stuffs the run. I forgot. They're really strong against the run. Nope. He had that that run early. It's not like he had a ton. He had that one, like, 35-yard touchdown run early. It was a touchdown run or just, like, a 35-yard run? I think it was a 35-yard touchdown run. Yeah. Um, Early. And then he had an average day after that, very average. But once you st- like, it's the whole thing with Kenyon Drake the other day. Kenyon Drake's stat line was really solid, but take out the 66-yard touchdown run, and it's really subpar. Same sort of thing. But if you break off the one big run, you're going to have a day. Yep. And that's what it was. So when it comes to Cleveland, where is Cleveland this week? Cleveland is hosting Jacksonville. The good- Who knows what Jacksonville shows up? I would not start Leonard Fournette this week. No, I would because now he's questionable. Is he? Yep. Okay, good. An ankle injury. That just makes it even better. I would not start Leonard Fournette this year. This I had week. it this year. 
this year, this entire year, no, this week, <laughs> just this week. Because last week I had Fournette and Powell in, and combined they got me um six nine eleven points. And Powell should have had a better day. The Jets were just terrible last week. Powell should have a much better day with Forte out, and Tampa is not a very good team at all. No. So I don't understand why that happened at all. So anyway, so week ten, garbage time points killed us. We were so close to having a big winning week, and then garbage time murdered us. So yep. we need to rebound here in week 11. So right. they say. I have in front of me okay. a sheet with the lines on it. <laughs> there are three games to fade and two games to target in terms of the Vegas line. Okay. This week, I printed out a list for Craig without the lines <laughs> on it. Okay. Craig, yep. tell me... What are the two games we should target? Give me one of them. So we're going for the overs. Yes, we're looking for overs of 50 plus. 50 plus. Uh, Rams, Minnesota. Rams, Minnesota. No, that's a 46 and a half. Strike Ooh, one. Close. All right, let's go. Philly, Dallas. Philadelphia at Dallas is a 48. Damn it. So strike two. Ooh, we're not doing good. Not good. Mm. Washington, New Orleans. Washington at New Orleans is a 51. Ding, 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 ding. All right. All right. There's one other game with at least 50. Here's your hint. The over-under is exactly 52 points. Really? Yes. Exactly 52. 52. Tennessee, Pittsburgh. No. Tennessee at Pittsburgh is a 44. The correct answer is New England at Oakland. Really? Is a 52 well, over guess, and under. Are they just going to assume New England's scoring most of that? They're just going to assume that neither defense shows up and they're just going to go into a shootout. And don't forget, that's pretty much what happened when Kansas City and Oakland played recently. The final of that was 31-30. Yeah, but aren't always aren't there games always like that? No. No. Back in the day, they are not. Hmm. So, Interesting. All right. Um, okay. So, the, well, no, don't put it away. Oh, you got, oh, oh. There's games to fade. Okay. There are three games who have sub-40 over-unders. Ooh. Sub-40. Baltimore-Green Bay. Is one of them at 38. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's correct. So Baltimore or Green Bay. And, and because of the injuries and everything, I wouldn't touch anybody in that game unless I had to anyway. Yeah, even Adam Jones is out. No, nope, nobody. I wouldn't. I, I'm not going to touch anybody. Jamal Williams is the guy who's going to be starting for them right now. I wouldn't touch him. So. Um, Arizona-Houston. Arizona Houston does not have an over under. Okay. So no, I won't call. I won't charge you a strike. That's a foul. Uh, yeah, it's a foul <laughs> ball. And I'll tell you, you can also take Tampa at Miami off your list. Okay. So there's two more. Um, Buffalo LA. Mm, where are you? Buffalo at LA is a 43 and a half. So no strike one. Okay. Uh, Detroit Chicago. Detroit Chicago is a 42 strike Damn two. It. Chicago, actually, I have Chicago, several Chicago players high in the metric this week. Um, and we'll go ahead and get into right, that. Let's, in just, let's just swing for the fence. Go. Atlanta, Seattle. No, 45. Okay. Is that strike three? That is. Strike three. Okay, the other answers are Jacksonville, Cleveland. It's a 37 really? and a half. Yep. 37 and a half. That Jacksonville's one. defense is really good, and they're, it's Blake Portals. <laughs> so, and the other game is Cincy at Denver. I'm shocked you didn't grab that. Since he had Denver, 39 and a half. So in general, those are the games you should be fading. 
How? No, but I, I thought tell you were. Right now, I thought I'm you were already, in love with Dalton this week. No, no. Well, the metric is. Oh, the not you is, personally. The metric loves Cincinnati this week and absolutely loves Chicago this week. So, um, with all that in mind, let's move on to Week Eleven players we like. Okay. Who do you like in Week Eleven? Grabbing the phone. Let's start with quarterback Craig. Who do you like? Um. Now wait. Are we looking at DraftKings or FanDuel? I'm looking at DraftKings. We... You want to talk All about? Right. You know what? Then do that. Talk about who you like on FanDuel, and I'll talk about who we like on DraftKings. All right. Let me just let me go back to that. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm big. If for some reason Jared Goff is just standing out to me, I feel like the Rams are almost recreating the the show they had many years ago. You're not worried about being Earth. at Minnesota? Solid defense, hostile environment? What's mm. his cost on FanDuel? 79. Okay, I have, he's at 6,500. I do not have him on the DraftKings thing. So you like golf for FanDuel, that's cool. I like uh, Matt Ryan as a chalk play at 5,800 on uh, DraftKings. And if you're looking for a value play, I like uh, I like Andy Dalton. There you go again. You know, because Dalton's cheap. He's only 4,800. That's the thing. Thing. He gets to 15 points. He's golden. Willie. Oh, I don't know. That's the question. That's why I'm going to go Matt Ryan. The metric is telling me to go Andy Dalton, but I'm going to go Matt Ryan. So, all right. What do you got in running back for FanDuel? What do you like? Give me two. Um, uh, it's my go-to lately is Kamara. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. And they're home. They're home. They're playing Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to argue with. I, I can't really fight that either. Um, I like Kamara, and I definitely benefited from having Ingram this week. Mm-hmm. Um, while I, I seriously thought I was hallucinating because, again, I was on medicine. I was laying in my bed on Sunday, and <laughs> I'm like, Mark Ingram has three rushing touchdowns. <laughs> that's what the pretty ponies tell me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, can't, I can't dismiss uh, that. And I like Jordan Howard at home. I have Jordan Howard in mine as well. Um, he's sixty two hundred, but I think uh, seventy four in draft. In I think Detroit duel. is Detroit is vulnerable. We saw that last week with Cleveland. We definitely saw that last week. So I think Detroit is vulnerable. The other uh, chalk play I have is Tevin Coleman, uh, fifty eight hundred at Seattle. Makes me nervous, but he's going to be carrying the majority of the load unless they key in on him. He's going to have a big day. Um, from a Value standpoint, the metric likes Rex Burkhead to have another big game. I don't I've seen his name a lot. I just don't. It, it, it's it, the backfield in New England is too much in flux. So That's I'm going to say eh. Samaj Perine is also a big value. And then ready for this. Joe Mixon is <laughs> high on the Joe, metric. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I've got him at 13 points and he's only well, this is the thing. He's only four thousand dollars on DraftKings. If he gets in the end zone again, which he did last week, then he's already halfway to value. So true. You know, that's that's why he's high on that. But I mean, I'm probably looking more towards established folks. I'm probably looking more at the Jordan Howards of the world and spending down so I can spend up at running back. So wide receivers, I'll lead us out here. The metric and I both like Sterling Shepard. I think that um, the KC secondary is weak. Uh, as much as I love my Chiefs, I think that they are vulnerable and I think that they are going to take advantage of it. I think they're going to have to take advantage of that because I really expect this game to be much more of a shootout. What was the over-under in this game? What was the Giants-KC line? Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. It was 44 and a half. KC, by the way, is an 11-point underdog. 
really? to the in New York. Eleven points. So I'm I'm almost tempted, Craig. I well, that's right. We have we have Brits giving this weekend. We're having folks over for our friends Thanksgiving. I was tempted to go on StubHub. I could probably get tickets from Giants fans <laughs> who don't want to show up. I could go see my Chiefs at Giants Stadium and probably pay face value on StubHub right now. But so I think I think the Giants are gonna have to throw. So Sterling Shepard's big, and I also like Michael Crabtree this week. I think that they are gonna have to throw against New England, and that is how you. That's how everybody. If you're gonna beat New England, that's how you beat them. So that's uh, the big one there. The metric is not giving me information. <laughs> that, that's that's deep. Why don't Why don't you tell me about FanDuel right now while I try to get this to tell me what the hell I'm supposed to be doing? Um, I like Thien at home in Minnesota. Oh yeah, I think I think he's gonna be big on the metric now, too. and that Stefan Diggs is back. Uh, people aren't gonna know which you know the Rams aren't are gonna have a hard. I, time covering both of them right so i mean you can take your your theory and not start the number one and start digs right or start the end so i just don't know who is actually starting a quarterback for minnesota this week and that's a question because as of right now it's case keenum they they did say they did come out this week and say case keenum is a starter but you got to think this guy's got the shortest lease in history he's got teddy bridgewater just watching from the sidelines you know, I think Case Keenum has got to be sinking in his head. I am not here next year, so I need to make a run and get a ca- contract somewhere else next year. Yeah. So I finally get the metric to work. There you um, go. And this is where the metric starts like Chicago. The metric really likes Kendall Wright and Dontrell Inman. And I was like, why the hell are you picking the scrub Chicago team? <laughs> and then I took a look at their things. They're in their, their stats. Um, Trubisky threw 35 times each of the last two weeks. Really? Mitchell Trubisky actually had a decent fantasy day. I think it was worth good for 19 points last week. And again, we saw Detroit's secondary is vulnerable. You True. can throw the ball on him. You can move the ball on Detroit. They gave up a lot of yards to Cleveland. This game's in Chicago. If the weather's okay, and you got to watch the weather because it's an outdoor game, but if the weather is okay, if it's just cold and it's passing weather, you know, it might be an opportunity for them to rack up some points. So... All right, tight ends. Tell me about your tight ends. Um, oh, I saw I like Juju Smith-Schuster as Who well. doesn't? I mean, Juju... Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, wide receiver. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster was, you know... in Antonio Brown had a bad week, and everybody has a bad week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. Le'Veon Bell has been just a guy. He might as well have stayed at Dairy Queen this year. <laughs> He's been decent. But he has not been Le'Veon Bell. And everybody's like, oh, but Brett, he's getting 35 carries a game. The volume's got to pay off eventually. No, I don't buy that. Normally, I'm a volume guy. I like things like snap counts. If you tell me a guy is in on 75% of his team's plays, I believe he's going to participate and he's going to advance. I don't see it because no one really fears the pass. Everyone in Pittsburgh has decided if I can shut down Antonio Brown, I can focus on Le'Veon Bell and there's my there's my football game. And yep. Juju Schuster is uh, trying to change that opinion there. And he did a great job of that last week. So I like him a great deal, too. Tell me about tight end. Uh, so tight end. Back screen. That's the wrong button. Uh, FanDuel works completely different than DraftKings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, there's always Gronkowski. He's 8,200, though. He's expensive. And Ertz is 8,000. Um, then there's like kind of a drop off after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm looking to save money, um, I'm looking at like 
uh, Kyle Rudolph or Cook? I like Kyle Rudolph this week a lot. Um, Cook is decent. If I'm paying up, I'm paying up for Travis Kelsey because, again, I think the Chiefs are going to gash the Giants for large chunks of yards. I've got to find a way to get a lineup with Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt in it this week. I've got to find a way to make one <laughs> chief stack because I really do think they're going to go nuts. But my value pick, uh, and the, the metric actually agrees with me, is, is and I'm sorry, you're going to hate this, is Tyler Croft. He's $2,900 on DraftKings. I've given up on starting Bengals. He's $2,900. All he needs is like eight points, and he's at value. He doesn't even need eight points. He needs like nine and yes, I understand that's tough, but I, I like him there. So um, defenses, I'll talk about my defenses first. The um, the metric loves the Cowboys. I don't understand how you can like the Cowboys at home against Philly. I just don't. I think Philadelphia is going to put 35 to 40 points on the board easily. Yep. Um, you know, the, the team I'm looking at, if I can pay up for it, is the Jaguars. And do you know why? Because they're playing Cleveland. They're at Cleveland. So I'm paying up for the Jaguars where I can, and I'm dealing with the Cowboys where I can't. So that's what I'm about. I mean, I'm so, so far I've got a tournament stack lineup. I've got in where focuses on Chicago. That lineup has Inman, Wright, Trubisky, and Jordan Howard in it. And then I also have a double up lineup, which has Dalton because he's a value play Croft because he's a value play and Joe Mixon because he's a value play and then studs the rest of the way. Right. Um, I think it's like, I think it's Dalton, Gurley, Mixon, Inman, not Inman. Um, my wide receivers were all mid-range to solid. I can't remember who I had, uh, but they were good. They were good, solid wide receivers. And then uh, the tight end, Croft, and then just random defense. So, you know, that's, I mean, you can balance it out that way. I'm kind of looking for stacks at this point, but I'm definitely looking. I'll probably have a New Orleans stack somewhere, and I'll probably have a uh, Kansas City stack somewhere and hope that a couple of them hit. So. I like it. Yeah. Anything. Like so, it. so we're a couple. Actually, believe it or not, we're a couple minutes ahead of schedule this week. Uh, we anything are. we missed? No. Oh, I like uh, Pittsburgh at home against Tennessee. You know, yes, I've heard a lot of people say that T- Tennessee's defense is really soft and really bad. I just I can't after last week where Antonio Brown was so disappointing, and like I said, Le'Veon Bell has become just a guy to me. So, but I mean for their defense. Oh, defensive wise, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, you know who I do like? Uh, oh, by the way, Drew Stanton is not starting this week. They've benched Drew Stanton in Arizona. Um, I forget the other dude's name. There's another, there's another nah, quarterback there's, change. I but I think Somebody. it's a good week to do that because they're at Houston, and Houston's defense without J.J. Watt is just very average. Very, very average. Um, you know, Larry Fitz is expensive, so I don't want to pay up for Larry Fitz. But you could take a flyer on AP, and he's still a little bit on the pricier side too. But he's probably worth a flyer. So, um, so this week I'm 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 kind of circling the wagons a little bit. I'm going to be stacking a couple of the really high um, value teams uh, in terms of like the over unders. Like I'm definitely I'm not going to look at like a New England stack, but I'm definitely looking at a New Orleans stack. Um, I'm really not going to look at an Oakland stack either. But I also think Kansas City, I mean, they're minus 11 with a 44 over under. I mean, you got to think that that means they think that game is going to be like 28 to 17 or 28 to 20, yeah. you know, or even worse, 30 to 20 kind of thing. So I, I think I think that, that that could be a big thing. And don't forget, Andy Reid 
has only lost coming off of a bye once in his entire coaching career. Really? One time. He's like, and I don't have the exact number in front of me. He's like 15 and one huh. all time coming off of a bye. And that loss was either last year or 2015 to New England. Luke Casey came off the bye, went to New England, and got thrashed. And that was it. Every other time, he is an amazing, as much as he's criticized for being not a great in-game coach, he's an amazing preparer. So, Which is key. Which is key. You know, don't be shocked if Kansas City comes out. I, I mean, don't be shocked if they look a little like, you know, just regular average. But also, don't be shocked if they come out the gate with a week of rest and two weeks of planning and they put 14 to 20 points on the board before the end of the, the first quarter or before the end of the first half. Don't be shocked if that game is 20 to 3 at halftime. Because that is just that is how he operates. He's had two weeks to figure out how he was going to make this this happen, and two weeks for everyone to rest up. It's it's going to be a lot of a lot of good uh, good football. I think that game. So, all right, Craig. Final thoughts. Week eleven. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. Last week was rough. Last week I almost threw my phone. Have you have you have you lost your faith? You know, this year has just do you been need rough. To find, do you need to find football, Jesus? I do. I do. This year has just been rough. I don't know. This has been the weirdest uh, fantasy year. It has. In recent memory, I think ever. Yeah. I think ever. Either in season for long over or years. DFS. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've never seen a harder predict season. So many folks have... Good thing this was the year we decided to start a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we'd done this a year ago, we'd look like freaking geniuses. We could have a subscription site by now. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. There are so many places that were running back by committee from the get-go. There are places that have become committee running backs um, out of necessity and injury. Philadelphia tra- traded to get out of their running back by committee. And we still think he's just, you know, Ajayi is just the head of a committee. You know, it's it's difficult this year. Quarterbacks have advanced in ways we didn't expect. We didn't expect Case Keenum and Jared Goff to be top five quarterbacks, and they are. There's so many like rookie running backs that are good. We I expected a downturn in the rookie running back class, and it didn't happen this year. So there's that as well. You know, no, I think I'm gonna have to keep Kamara at this point. You might season long. Do you remember when you drafted him? I I think I picked him up, or like it was really late. It was late. You wouldn't know because I would have drafted him if you had. So it's like probably really, like, like late 10, 10 to fourteen. 10. He's gonna be worth a keeper. He's gonna be worth a keeper, particularly as I, I have a feeling that New Orleans is gonna ship off one of them during the offseason. I really do, and it's probably gonna be Ingram. Probably keep the younger and fresher legs, so you know, good for, good for you on that. That was a great pick, you know. Um, so yeah, it's been a weird year, but hang in there. If you're still in your season longs, hang in. You know, that's why we talked a little bit about running backs today, is because there's you know still season long component. Um, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. DFS is is a weekly sprint, but the season long is a marathon. So um, it's true. You know, enjoy week eleven, and uh, we will be back. Uh, what are we doing about Thanksgiving? Ooh. Oh my God. That changes That's everything soon, with our schedule, it? doesn't it? Yeah, it's is next that, Thursday. Really? How are we going to handle Thanksgiving? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Okay, so stay tuned <laughs> um, for an announcement on our Twitter account, Fignuts, at FignutsDFS, to tell you how we're going to handle Thanksgiving week games. Maybe it'll be a special episode. Maybe we'll just publish early. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but we'll definitely get something out there before uh, Thanksgiving hits. Again, connect with us. If you want to email us any questions, comments, we are uh, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at the uh, Football Fignuts, uh, Twitter at fignutsdfs. 
leave us a, uh, a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Player FM or wherever you listen to us. And we really appreciate you guys tuning in. So until next week, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm-hmm.